0: hello and welcome to challenging silence a podcast by women's health in women's hands community health center
1: we are back again to have much needed discussions about topics related to female genital mutilation or cutting with survivors advocates and community members We're your hosts, Tommy Lola and Sauda.
0: Challenging Silence is brought to you by the Flourish Project, made possible through funding from Women in Gender Equality Canada. You can listen to this podcast series on all major podcast listening platforms and our website, flourishaccess.ca.
1: Please note that this podcast covers topics of sensitive nature, including domestic abuse and violence. To ensure privacy and safety, some guests have chosen to remain anonymous. This podcast is age appropriate for sixteen plus. Often celebrated for its cultural diversity and inclusivity, stands as a welcoming melting pot that embraces people from all corners of the globe. With this rich background comes traditions and customs that newcomers bring, contributing to the country's vibrant cultural diversity. However, sometimes these traditions clash with certain values. One such issue is female genital mutilation or cutting, which has a profound impact on some Canadian immigrant communities and might still be supported by some community members.
0: Addressing FGMC in the Canadian context
1: presents unique
0: challenges as it involves navigating the delicate balance between respecting cultural traditions and safeguarding the rights and well-being of individuals, particularly young girls and women. In this episode, We are joined by Salmat to discuss the differences in opinions about FGMC between the older and younger generations within these communities. This episode aims to provide insight into the multifaceted nature of FGMC within immigrant communities in Canada and the ongoing efforts to address the sensitive issues. Salmat, thank you for joining us today and please introduce yourself to our listeners.
2: Hi everyone, Uh, my name is Salmat. And firstly, I want to appreciate Tommy Lola and Sauda for including me in this very, very important discussion. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Salma.
1: We will open this discussion by asking from observation and interactions within your community, what are the common views about FGM or cutting among the older generation who are now the grandparents and the younger generation who are the new or future parents?
2: Okay So firstly, I want to say the female genital mutilation, it's simply called circumcision back in Africa. And this is like an ancient belief that uh, we refuse to eradicate from our practice. Uh, one thing that I noticed is that we the Africans, we so much have beliefs in our cultures and traditions. And I believe most of our, our grandparents see this as a way to like, uh, kind of, um, to promote their culture. But in other words, they are as well, uh, hurting we humans. And also they are also violating the article five of the universal declaration of human rights, which says that no one should be subjected to torture or any cruel or inhuman act. So this is something that our grandparents has caused so much harm into our let me say into um our lifestyle, and this has had a lot of repercussion in future for the young girls and uh, women.
1: Thank you, Sama, for sharing. I really liked how you mentioned the power of words, because like the older generation view it as circumcision, but I guess. The younger generation view as mutilation. So, the power of words also impacts on how people view FGMC. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thank you for that, Samwa. I truly understand, and I have observed as well that FGMC and the practice of FGMC is situated on strong beliefs that are difficult for the older generations to abandon because they might feel like they are abandoning their traditions or parts of their culture because it's so embedded. Um, but I want to follow up and ask you, like, what are the views you've noticed are among the younger generation? So you spoke of the views of the older generation. What have you ob- observed among the younger generation? So the youths, young adults, and those who have um, children who are below the age of 18?
2: Oh, yes. Okay. So um, firstly, I noticed before the the, the get circumstance, like before they get this mutilation, most girls... In especially in um, North uh, Africa, like the um Somalians, the Kenya and those parts of Africans, they kind of see it as a um, like as an achievement, as something that, oh, every woman must do this. Every girl must do it. And if, if I don't do it, that means I'm not girl enough. That means I'm not woman enough. That is one of the beliefs that our parents has imposed on us that they have made us to believe like this is something that will make us to become a real woman in future and get uh moving forward like we get to know that after uh leaving our territory after leaving our community we get to know that what they have done to us is like an abomination or it's like something that must not be done to any human being so we kind of believe like um the older girls from 18 above have more knowledge about fgm so they kind of like regret their actions or regret what their parent has done to them in the past and it's just like um let's say for instance we i have someone i just want to share like a brief uh story like i have a lady who who was a victim of fgm and this lady later in the future she had some complications and and they're like oh this is as a result of the FGM that was done to you in the past. And she she has had so many uh, feelings, like how I wish I wasn't born in, into this uh, culture, into this tradition, into this family, to be specific. So I was like, oh, I, I understand your pain, but this is not something that like, we can like keep to ourselves anymore. Because I feel like the older girls, are now well-informed about this uh, practice. So if it's something that uh, we kind of see it as a shame, as growing up, we, we see it as a shame, like something that we feel shy to even talk about it. So if, if the older generations are not well-informed and the younger girls are still not well-informed about this practice, about the disadvantages of this practice. I believe the older girls, the 18 above, who are well informed about this practice, should kind of have a way to, to advocate for the younger ones who are coming up. Thank you for that short story that provides
0: that perspective of what the younger generation is is believing and experiencing and their current views. And it's good to hear that the younger generations who are survivors themselves. They don't want to continue this practice so that their daughters, their nieces, do not experience the same pain and trauma that they might have experienced because they underwent circumcision. And it is unfortunate that some survivors, as you pointed out, they do feel some shame regarding FGMC and themselves as survivors. And they are hesitant to talk about it, especially with older generation. But we do know and I have observed that more are starting to to speak up and speak out about it and becoming more comfortable with speaking up and advocating against FGMC. My follow-up is from our work through the Flourish Project, we have noticed that FGMC is not openly talked about, um, as we just established. Why do you think there are challenges associated with having intergenerational conversations or dialogue about ending this harmful practice, and the long-term effects that survivors experience?
2: Okay, so I think I have two answers to that. Uh, The first one is our respect, like over-respect for culture and tradition. We kind of um, respect our, our traditions and our culture back in Africa because this is what they have implanted in us this is what they have made us to believe this is how they brought us up so everyone kind of feel uh, reluctant when it comes to a conversation like that like uh if i say something regarding this, probably the the head of my community might might ban me and my family out of the community saying we don't want to uh follow the the traditions or something like that and the second part that I feel like make people not want to talk about it is um the shame that they feel after knowing the, the disadvantages and the consequences of being uh mutilation, being uh second So I believe uh fear for the traditions and culture and also the shame that attached to knowing the right from wrong. I can attest that as an African myself,
0: that respect is very important, especially respect towards our elders and our traditions. And that is one of the reasons why there is often that difficulty with openly speaking about um, FGMC with older generations. And even in certain topics in general, like I know for sure that it is difficult for younger generations to openly speak about um, sexual related topics, about your body with older Generation because there is that level of boundaries that we we have been trained to respect, and I think another one that I've observed in terms of why we don't speak about it is also apart from the shame and fear within the community, there's also that fear of speaking about it, and people from the outside might judge you or you are scared of their reactions towards FGMC because I do know that living in Canada we are a multicultural country and there are some Canadians who are not aware about FGMC they've never heard about it they don't know what it's about and it's understandable that girls from um, our communities if they talk to someone who is not from the community about FGMC they might expect a negative reaction or a shocked reaction which can be unpleasant so i observe that that is another reason why folks tend to not talk about it and that brings up the challenges in terms of community
1: engagement. That's true. And what can advocates and grassroots and community organizations such as Women's Health and Women's Hands do to lead or support community engagement initiatives that address these challenges? How best can we reach impacted communities at their comfort level?
2: Okay. So first I wanna say that medically, female genetic uh, uh, mutilation It has no single benefit and it has only hurt women and young uh, generation. So I I kind of feel like a lot of African countries are still ignorant of this fact. And most of our cultures, uh, we're supposed to put them in check because there's so many ways that we can uh, kind of eradicate this uh, act from Africa. It's not something that is easy because it's from the roots. Of Africa, it's not something that is easy to eradicate. So I think we're um, kind of giving orientations in different aspects, like uh, creating workshops, seminars, conferences regarding the FGMc, will go a long way in a way in a in part of uh, eradicating this practice. Giving orientation to young girls and giving orientation to the to our grandparents meaning that we should kind of, uh, have like a workshop for women and adults and kind of give them the disadvantages that is in this practice. Like it has no medical benefit. So why should we continue to hurt our girls and hurt their feelings and hurt, uh, hurt their futures, like kind of cause damage, medical damage, mental damage to them in future. So in order not to like, um, give them all those, uh, damages it is better to kind of uh, stop this practice but how can we stop it it's not something that we can just say okay we have to stop it because it's not good we have to give them a proper orientation regarding the disadvantages of this practice and also I kind of believe like it should also this um the the topic of the female genital um, mutilation should also be included in our In our subjects, the subjects we we teach in schools, it should also be part of something that they should give like a proper education to the girls. I kind of feel like when a a young girl is growing up, they give her uh, orientation and, and discussion on how she can handle a menstrual period, a menstruation moment. So it is something that we should also include in our our um, educational system is not something to be shy about. It's something that really affects our future as a woman. So I think it's something that we should consider including it in our educational system, and also orientating the older gener, the older parents and our grandparents about it. I think this is just the two two points that I feel like I can share.
1: I completely agree. It will take some time to see. Much change, but the small steps, like you mentioned, having conversations, engagement, and education awareness within the community and throughout the globe about FGMC and the female parts are very significant. And just for like having informative education really matters. Exactly. Thank
0: you so much for joining us in this eye-opening episode as we examine the persistence and impact of FGMC within immigrant communities in Canada. We've also examined the challenges associated with addressing this issue, including different generational views and diversity in social cultural norms, shedding light on the complexity of eradicating it in a multicultural society like Canada.
1: The insights shared in this episode and many others underscore the importance of culturally sensitive approaches, community engagement, and education to promote awareness and ultimately put an end to FGMC or cutting within immigrant communities. It's a journey that requires collaboration, empathy, and a commitment to protecting the rights and well-being of all individuals. We hope this episode provided you with a deeper understanding of this pressing issue and the ongoing efforts to address it within the Canadian context. Stay tuned for more episodes where we continue to explore critical topics that shape our world and our communities. Thank you once again, Salma, for joining
2: us
0: for this episode.
2: Thank you so much. My pleasure. And I'm so happy that you include me in this discussion. And I hope this sounds as an awareness to all women and our grandparents together with our parents who are still ignorant of this practice. I hope this podcast gives them more light into uh, eradicating the practice of FGMC.